Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the March 6th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Tom Guinan is with me to recap the corn and soybean futures. Tom? Sure, Cheyenne. May corn closed today down five and three quarters at 376, but that was up seven and three quarters for the week. December corn lost two and a quarter today, finishing at 381.5, but did gain four and a half for the week. May soybeans closed down five and three quarters at 891 and one quarter, losing a penny and a half for the week. November soybeans were down three at 905 and a half, and that's down two and three quarters from last Friday. Well, this week showed us more of the roller coaster ride that corn and beans have been on. And for the first time in a long time, we were able to experience climbing up a hill, especially for corn, instead of just the constant freefall we've been in for the last couple of months. As Tom just mentioned, at the end of the week, we gained some on corn, but are a bit lower on beans than we were a week ago, mainly because of the uncertainty about demand and expectations for the South American soybean crop to increase even more. The main item impacting just about every economic indicator, as well as all commodity values, is uncertainty about COVID-19. How much more will it spread? How much longer will it continue to spread? and how much is yet to be detected. Right now, the answer to many of these questions is that no one really knows. And until we have a little more certainty, we should continue to expect volatility in our commodity markets. With that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. Well, Cheyenne, on the corn side for bull factors, corn export inspections for last week showed 35.3 million bushels, right in the middle of expectations and very close to the previous week's number of 35.9. We still need to increase the pace in order to hit the USDA's yearly number, and there is starting to be a little more hope that we'll see some Chinese business beginning to come into the market, even though there are no confirmed sales to this point. The weekly EIA report for last week showed ethanol production increased to a little more than 317 million gallons. This is the third highest weekly total this crop year. So far this year, ethanol production is up more than 5% and continues to be on pace to hit the USDA's yearly estimate. The U.S. dollar has been under a lot of pressure lately and hit a seven-week low on Thursday. While this is generally positive for exporting things like corn, we also have to keep an eye on the relative value to other currencies, and right now the Brazilian real has been beaten down even more than the dollar. On the bear side for corn, while exports have been decent lately, we continue to lag the pace we'll need to get to the USDA's projection. Cumulative exports are 556 million bushels, but that is 45% less than this time last year, while the USDA is forecasting a 16% decline. We need to start averaging closer to 40 million bushels per week versus the 32.3 we averaged from this point forward last year. I continue to be concerned about the relatively low price of crude oil. While it's a good thing whenever I fill my vehicle, it makes it harder for ethanol plants to be economical to operate. OPEC continues to try to cut production, but they are not getting the buy-in they need from Russia. The latest news on Thursday showed that OPEC members had agreed to a 1.5 million barrel per day cut, with 1 million of that coming from OPEC members and the other half million to come from non-OPEC nations. So far, there is not agreement with these non-OPEC countries, mainly Russia. Meanwhile, demand for crude continues to fall due to COVID-19. For soybean bull factors, soybean export inspections showed 24.6 million bushels exported last week, which was within the market expectations. 
With cumulative exports of 1.086 billion bushels, we continue to run more than 13% ahead of last year. We will need to average a little more than 25 million per week to hit the USDA's estimate. Last year, for comparison, we averaged almost 28 million per week from this time till the end of the marketing year. Along with that, the Chinese government has granted tariff exemptions for U.S. soybean imports. These exceptions last for 12 months and can be applied for by any Chinese soybean crusher. There used to be a quota, but it appears that there are none this year, so that could increase the use of U.S. soybeans. On the bear side for soybeans, Argentina's soybean crop is now forecasted to hit 54.1 million metric tons, according to the USDA attaché. This is up from 53 million from their December estimate. Not only have estimates of South America's soybean production risen in the last week, the Brazilian real continues to weaken relative to the U.S. dollar. I heard someone earlier this week say that even with the drop in value on the board, the extremely weak real is making it feel like the Brazilian farmer is selling $14 soybeans. And they are selling in a big way. They are also pricing next year's crop, with some estimates showing a 25-35% to margin for growing soybeans in Brazil. On our What to Watch For in Upcoming Events, USDA WASDE report on Tuesday the 10th. This is normally viewed as a minor report. The next major report is going to be on March 31st, when we see the prospective plantings report, as well as the quarterly stocks report. Markets will continue to react to world health news regarding the coronavirus. Don't forget, Daylight Savings Time starts this weekend. Be sure to set your clocks ahead one hour before Sunday morning. Finally, we'd like to welcome Matt Karstens as the new CEO for Landis Cooperative. Matt's first day will be this coming Monday, March 9th. I know he has plans to be out and about at many of our locations the first week, meeting with employees and also getting to know many of our customers. So Cheyenne, why does this all matter? Recently, we've seen quite a bit of corn moving off farm. And while most of it is very good quality, we continue to hear from several about corn that is not storing well this winter. Going into the bins wetter than normal and less than ideal weather for holding corn has really hurt some folks. Please continue to keep an eye on your bins. Also, corn bases weakened a bit this week for old crop. With a strong run-up we saw earlier in the week, especially Monday and Tuesday, there was a lot of corn getting priced and that put pressure on nearby bases. As always, we continue to encourage you to get your offers in, whether for old crop or new crop. I think that's all we have today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening and we'll be back again next week. 